uh, to share with you resurrection to Pentecost celebration. Because when we think about the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for us. So by the way, I am just glad to be here tonight and we thank God for the set man of this house. What a leader we have in Pastor Daryl Jackson. Love you, man of God. First Lady, we love you. Thank God for you tonight. Of course, all of you who share, thank God for Pastor Randall Jackson. Appreciate you, my friend. All of my fellow laborers in the ministry, we greet you in divine love to let you know that Jesus is still the answer for the world today. Supplying needs, making ways, I love him with all of my heart. I believe that this is a special time for the church to really take its rightful place. You don't know it, the devil is rising up, but there's a greater power than what the devil has. And I'm here to speak to somebody tonight to tell you greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So we're here tonight to share. We brought some product with us. I hope that you'll invest in it. We're in a dominion series in our ministry that has just literally blessed our ministry. We're taking dominion, taking authority, taking charge. And this is what God wants us to deal with. Uh, messages on spiritual warfare that will bless you. I promise you it will bless you. And of course, our book still available if you don't have it as yet it's the history of my life to encourage people to go on keep on sometimes people see the end product but they don't know what you had to go through in order for you to get where you are and we brought some singing tapes with us our new project that is out it's called legacy live in new orleans and i'm telling you it's blessing people all over the world but we have come tonight to allow God to bless us. And I'm here to tell you, if you send up, God will send down. We're going to get right into the Word of God. I want you, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, the first chapter, and I'm going to focus in on verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 6 and 7. But before we read, we make a confession on how we receive the Word of God. It's got to be the Spirit over the mind not the mind over the spirit the spirit over the mind is the divine order of god the mind over the spirit there's a disorder and whenever there's a disorder there's a breakdown the bible says the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life my educated mind can kill this word the only way that i'm going to understand that i've got to place the spirit over my mind I believe tonight that there's some kingdom representatives in the house. And if you are a kingdom representative, you know that the word of God, this is our kingdom constitution. And it supersedes the U.S. constitution. Because the one whom I serve, he is king. Yes, indeed. It didn't say the earth is trumps and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So I believe it. So I need you to stand for a moment. Lift your Bible, your iPad, your smartphone. If you don't have any of those, just place your hand over your heart. 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And repeat after me, if you will, if I receive this word, this kingdom constitution, with my mind only, this word will be dead for me. This word will not help me. But if I receive this word, this kingdom constitution, with the spirit over my mind, over my emotions, over my fleshly desires. This word will be life for me, Lord. I don't need religious form and fashion. I need life. Why don't you look at somebody, tell them receive life. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Jesus has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. First Peter, the first chapter beginning at verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I just want to talk about tonight because there's so many people who are dealing with tests in your life and I'm finding there's too many in the body of Christ. You're not passing the test. So tonight I want to show you how to deal with this. I'm going to talk about dominion through the test. Why don't you look at somebody, tell them dominion through the test. I think that we'll all agree that modern times are little like the apostolic days as it relates to our trials, our tribulations. I think that we'll all agree in this day and time we're not being killed here in the United States for the gospel's sake. Like Paul, like Stephen, stoned to death for the gospel's sake. But I think that we will all agree tonight that there comes a time in all of our lives when our faith is put to the test. Or if you haven't experienced it, just keep on living. Your faith will be put to the test. Maybe you won't be killed in your physical body for the gospel's sake, but you'll be lying on, you'll be backstabbed, you will be misused. So many times these tests come into our lives and it looks like all of our plans go awire. We, we trust this, we trust that. The plans that we have for our lives, it looks like those plans fail. In fact, 
We kind of want to say, if I could just manage my own fate. I love you, Lord, but I, I think I can handle this a little bit better than you because you're just too nice to people sometimes. Oftentimes, the things that happen to us seem so cruel. They seem disastrous. And even the most sincere Christian, we find ourselves asking why. I mean, I'm faithful. I'm dedicated. Here's a no good devil who don't even come to church and that devil is doing better than me. Why? The question often comes, why? Our faith is put to the test. Now, now the Bible calls these tests that we go through, they're called Manifold trials, many trials, many tests that we deal with and they assume many guises and they employ varied weapons of destruction. I don't know what your test may be. Sometimes it's just in the antagonism of people. Do you know that there are some people who don't like you? But that ain't the main problem. They don't know why they don't like you. You see them rolling their eyes and you say, look, the Bible says in all of our getting, get an understanding. I, I see you. You look like you're mad at me, upset with me. Did I, did I do you something? I think that we need to talk about this because, I mean, this is serious. We, we're in the same church. We got to get along with each other. Is there a problem? They can't even give you a decent answer. The antagonism of man. Sometimes your test may be loyalty to truth. Some people don't like you because you are loyal to truth. Some people want truth sugar-coated to make you feel good. But the Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. So that's why you got you to be careful when you're around people who, who just had so many people who won't tell them the truth. That's why you got to be careful. And I just want to help somebody tonight. You got to be careful sometimes when you're always going up to somebody, ask them, how old do you think I look? Now, somebody done pumped you up, and you just know you look good. But there may be somebody who's really going to tell you the truth. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going on. Loyalty to, to truth. Sometimes our tests may be found in the apparent hostility of our own circumstances. 
looks like success is denied us and it's given to somebody else. And I, I don't understand it because, God, I'm serving you. But success is denied me. There's a roadblock everywhere I turn. There's a roadblock that I'm facing. Sometimes your test may be that of our antagonistic spirit that dwells inside of our own flesh. Can't even blame it on somebody else. There's a war on the inside. And don't sit up here acting like you're so deep and you're so holy that you've never had that war on the inside. Even Paul had to say, every time I go to do good, evil is it's, it's right there. I, I know to do the right thing, but evil is, is right there. So we're dealing with some tests. So the question comes tonight, why do these tests come? They got to be for a reason. God, I know you just would not put me through the test that I'm going through just for me to go through a test. There's got to be a reason that I'm facing some tests in my life. Why are they permitted? Well, we may find a partial response in the words of our text. This is what the Bible is saying. They are permitted for the proof of our faith. Now, to prove faith means much more than to test your faith. First of all, it, 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 it means if I'm going to, if I'm really going to test my faith, my faith must be revealed. So to prove my faith does not necessarily mean that I have to prove it to me. I know I got faith. When I woke up this morning, I knew I had faith. I'm going to trust you, Lord. But sometimes that's not involved in the test. Sometimes you've got to show your faith to others. You know you got it. You know you got it. You woke up this morning with your mind stayed on Jesus. You know you got faith. But sometimes God says, all right, if you got faith, prove it. Let somebody else see. Your faith. I knew when I got up this morning, I knew who I was. I knew that my name was Paul Morton. I knew that I was born in Windsor, Ontario, Canada at Grace Hospital. I know who my mama was, my daddy. I know my family. I know where I come from. But guess what? I had to catch a flight to come here this morning. Even though I knew who I was when I got up, I had to show my identification when I got to TSA. Now, 
I could have told those or told those security officers, listen, you asking for my identification. I know who I am. If you don't know who I am, that's your problem. I know who I am. I ain't showing you nothing. Y'all would have had somebody else preaching tonight because I'd have still been there. But I had to, even though I knew who I was, I had to prove who I was to somebody else. All I'm trying to tell you, this is what God has to do in your life sometimes so that you can take dominion through the test. Sometimes God has to allow some tests to come into your life so that you can identify to somebody else how strong your faith really is. Listen, people of God, you got to, you got to understand this. God will send some clouds into your sunshine. You see, the loveliness of the moonlight transfigures them. When you think about the clouds and the moonlight, the glory of the moon herself is declared, but it's declared because of the clouds. You wouldn't pay attention too much to the moon if there was no clouds. You would just look up and say, all right, they got a plain old moon up there tonight. But every now and then, the moon will catch your attention because it's surrounded by some clouds. And you have to look up and say, whoo, look at the beautiful moonlight like tonight, but the only reason you paid attention to it was because the moon was revealed through the clouds. Think about your life. Think about your life. Think about your faith. You can brag on it if you want, but if you had no test, if you had no clouds in your life, all you would have is a plain old simple faith. That nobody would really pay attention to it. You can say, I got faith, I got faith. Ah, but if there's no clouds, how will they know you have faith? I've been preaching, just celebrated 50 years of preaching, and in the 50 years of preaching, I've preached several times on the sermon about Job. But the only reason that I could preach about Job was because Job had some clouds in his life. If Job had no test in his life, I couldn't preach about Job. I mean, you, you could hold me over, Pastor, for the weekend, and I could say, tonight I want you to pray for me because tonight I'm going to talk about Job. Job was born. Job lived. Job died. I need you to come back tomorrow night. Part two, Job was born. Job lived. Job died. No, no, the only reason that we pay attention to Job it's because Job had some tests in his life. 
Oh, I know, I know you're familiar with the story. I know you're familiar with the story because God was bragging on Job. There's none like him. I mean, this man, oh, he honors me. This man, he respects me. And here's Satan. He's standing in the background. And Satan says, I guess so. You done given the man everything. He's the richest man in the land of earth. Who wouldn't serve you? Oh, but if you let me have Job for a little while, oh, Job will forget all about you ah oh, but I could hear God say go ahead test him I trust him go ahead go ahead test him see some of y'all don't know that's what God is doing with your life right now go ahead test him he can handle it go ahead test her she can handle it yeah yeah everybody can handle the test Satan said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Job is in this well body. He's in this well body. And here comes Satan. He covers him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet with boils. And he has to mash ashes in the sores just to ease the pain. Satan is trying to see. Y'all sit down. You're making me nervous. Y'all, y'all look around. I want you to see this because, because, because Satan is trying to see. He's trying to see how Job's going to handle his faith. This big old cloud of sickness is all over Job's body. But I see his faith peeking out from behind the cloud. And I can hear Job's faith say, though he slay me. Yet, will I trust him? Oh, I could hear Satan say, well, maybe that test wasn't big enough. I'm going to give him a bigger test because I know this man loves his children. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to wrap myself up in a whirlwind. I'm not just going to take one of his children, but I'm going to take all of his children at one time. And he wraps himself up. His children are in the house. All of them killed. What are you going to do now, Job? There's a cloud in your life. All your children are gone. And I could see Job's faith peeking out from behind the cloud. I could see him shouting and praising God, talking about the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm trying to show somebody how to take dominion over your test. I want to show you how to handle your test. You crying and you complaining. I don't know why it's so rough in my life. I'm climbing up up the rough side of the mountain. Kick that mountain on out of the way. Tell the devil in hell that I'm speaking victory in my life. Yes, sit on a moment. I, I just don't have to. I just don't have to look at Job. But Abraham was called the father of faith. Now, he didn't just get that title just to get a title. His faith had to be revealed. Here's this man. He's about 100 years old now, and God made him a promise that he was going to give him this special son. And finally, he's 100 years old, and God says, your son is coming. <laughs> oh, Abraham was so excited, 100 years old. Finally, Isaac is born. 
He's so proud of Isaac. Can't you see him walking downtown with Isaac and some people hadn't seen Abraham in a long time and Isaac is beside him and I could see somebody say, hey, Brother Abraham, how you doing? So you got your grandson with you. No, that ain't my grandson. That's, that's my boy. That's, don't you get it twisted. That's my boy. He was proud. He was, he was proud. So proud of Isaac. The sun was shining. Everything was going well. And now, here comes a voice from heaven saying, take now that son you love. Offer him up as a sacrifice. Can you imagine the pain that came in Abraham's heart? This son that he'd been waiting on. God, why would you give him to me to take him away from me like this? Why, why let me go through all of this pain? But I could hear Abraham say, I'm going to trust you anyhow. <laughs> I could see Abraham because he would always, whenever he was making a sacrifice, he would go up to Mount Moriah. Isaac had been to Mount Moriah with him before, so he knew what his dad would do when he would go to Mount Moriah. He would go up and worship God. He would make sacrifices unto God. So now, Abraham and Isaac, they're headed to Mount Moriah. And I know in Abraham's mind, he hates to think about it, but this is going to be my last journey with my son because God said I've got to offer my son up as a sacrifice. God, there's a battle now between me and you because I want to keep my son, but I'm trying to obey your word. They get up to Mount Moriah. I could see Isaac. He's a teenager now. He's about 13 or 14 years old. And I could hear Isaac say, Daddy, you know, I've been watching you build the altar for God, so I know what to do. Why don't you sit down and take it easy? You're older now, Daddy. You're about 114 years old. Let me build the fire. Let me show you that I learned from you. I could see him as he gathers the wood. I could see him as he builds the fire. He looks around and he says, Daddy, the altar is ready. But by now, Daddy, we would have a sacrifice. But where is the sacrifice? Now, that's, that's, that's when his son had to tell him, or that's when his daddy had to tell him, Isaac, God told me to tell you, you're the sacrifice. Now, you know, Isaac could have argued with him and you know, in this day and time, you know, there'd have been a lot of argument. <laughs> okay, Daddy, the Lord told you that. Now, you 114, I'm 14. Now, if God told you that, you better ask God to give you strength to catch me because I'm about to run up out of here. You, you, know, you know Isaac would have ran all the way home. Isaac would have said, Daddy done lost his mind. He done gone senile. And Daddy said, God told him to kill me, Mama. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening to Daddy. But Isaac laid on the altar. He didn't argue with his daddy. His daddy tied his hands. He tied his feet. 
pain that's in Abraham's heart as he lifts the knife now and I can see the knife shaking in his hand but I got to do what God told me to do he's ready to come down with the knife but he hears a voice from heaven saying hold up Abraham it was only a test I, I just I just needed to see if you loved me more than you loved him Sometimes God will put you through the test to see if you love him more than you love that. He wants to test you to reveal your faith. I don't know, I'm trying to encourage somebody tonight because you may be going through something and it's not because God don't love you. It's not because God don't care about you. But God wants to reveal your faith. I'm telling you, I've got such a relationship with God now. I just say, Lord, reveal my faith. Just whatever you want to do, I trust you. Whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I I trust you. God will let you go through your test to reveal your faith. One more thought. Not only will he put you through a test to reveal your faith, but he will allow you to go through a test to strengthen and encourage your faith. Do I have some witnesses in this house tonight? You see, the strong wind and rain which tried the tree also invigorates the tree. Because for a good tree, the round of varying seasons makes the tree well seasoned and it solidifies and enriches its fibers. What are you saying? It takes the negative that develops the strength of the positive. You need all the seasons. You need all the seasons. I know somebody likes sunshine, sunshine all the time, but too much sunshine will dry you out. I know some people like rain, 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 they will go outside in the rain, but too much rain will flood you out. So what God will do, he'll give you some sunshine. Then he'll give you some rain. But then he'll mix it all up together. And we know that all things work together for the good to vote. Y'all sang it tonight. Who love the Lord. It's going to work out for your good. I tell this story and I close. 1972 moved to New Orleans, Louisiana. Coming from cold country in Canada, I hated the cold. I always did hate the cold. Born in cold country, but I never liked cold weather. But God told me 
to go to New Orleans. And the thing about it, I had preached a revival. I was just in my early, early 20s. I preached a revival in Cleveland, Ohio. And where I lived was not too far from Cleveland, Ohio. It was just about a three or four hour drive. And so on Friday night of the revival, I packed everything in my trunk, my clothes. They let me park my car in front of the church. You guessed it, Angelus. <laughs> I'm preaching. When I come outside, no car, <laughs> no clothes. And in my foolish 20s, no insurance on the car. There were some of the old mothers who were still in the church. I ran back in the church and said, my car ain't out there. Them old mothers started shouting, pray the Lord, the devil just mad, the devil just mad. I said, well, I must be working with them because I'm so mad. I must be. But God was moving me into destiny because I was moving too slow. He said, I know how to speed you up. So I got on a Greyhound bus and I went to New Orleans. And it was about a three-day journey. You know, Greyhound, they stop everywhere. But when I got to New Orleans in November of 1972, got off that bus. It was about 80 degrees. I said, Lord, I'm in heaven. <laughs> God led me there. I married there. In fact, in 1989, my wife and I we had bought a beautiful home. I loved this home. And the reason why I loved it, I loved the house itself, but I loved the landscaping because when I bought this home, in the front yard, they had beautiful palm trees. And I loved those palm trees because those palm trees reminded me of a little taste of Hawaii. <laughs> so I... Love my palm trees, but in 1989, we experienced the coldest winter we ever had in New Orleans. And because my palm trees were just used to tropical weather, weather my poor palm trees died. <laughs> I don't care if you like me or not, I'm out of here, it's too cold. My palm trees die. But right across the street was an old oak tree. <laughs> I don't care how cold it got. It didn't matter how much the wind would blow, that oak tree kept staying. That oak tree could have talked. That oak tree would have said, listen, bring on your little cold New Orleans. I got some cussing 
Oak trees in New York. I got some cousin oak trees in Chicago. I got some cousin oak trees in Detroit who know what real cold is. This cold ain't about nothing. The oak tree kept on standing because the oak tree, the oak tree was used to all the seasons. I must confess, when I moved to New Orleans at 22 years old, in 1972, I must confess that I was nothing but a palm tree. I wasn't used to all the seasons. My family protected me. I was the baby boy in the family. And my dad, he was so proud of me because when I was born, my dad was 53 years old. So I was like Isaac to him. <laughs> that's my boy. That's, that's my boy. But God called me to pastor in New Orleans and the ministry just started growing and people started coming from everywhere and I didn't know what was going on but I knew that it was a move of God and as I just tried to preach the gospel and do what God told me to do, people started lying on me. They just started making up stuff. Social media wasn't even out. Twitter and all that wasn't even out there. But they could make up stuff. I mean, they had people scared. They said, now watch that boy. You see, he's drawing all these people, drawing all these people. Now, y'all be careful because you got to watch his hands because, you know, when he preaches, he uses his hands and he's hypnotizing y'all. And you better be careful because he's going to get you under your spell. Crazy stuff. They was telling my members, you know, you got to bring your 1040 because they got to find out. Yeah, if you, you, you got to see how much taxes and, and, and you're going to pay your 10%. They're going to take the 10% out. And I had some of my members who had been with me who had joined the church talk about, for true, you know, that's a New Orleans word, for true, like, really? I didn't know that. Did you bring your tax return? No. So people were lying on me and I couldn't understand it because I knew I was in the place that God sent me here. There was no doubt in my mind and I would just go in my room and cry. I said, Lord, I just don't know why these people are lying on me. I'm trying to do what you told me to do. But my enemies made one mistake. They kept lying on me. And the more they would lie, the more I would bow down on my knees. And the more I would bow on my knees, the stronger I would get. And the stronger I would get, you know what God did? He changed me from a palm tree to an oak tree. Because I'm here to tell you, I know you may be wondering why you got to go through something. But God don't want you to be a palm tree just in the good times. But he'll give you the power where you'll be able to stand the storm. You'll handle the rain. You'll handle the good days. You'll handle the bad days. I dare 
dare you to look at somebody to tell them it's only a test. Oh, God's about to make you so strong. Oh, the devil thought it was going to mess you up. He meant it for evil, but I'm here to tell you God meant it for good. Won't he make a way out of no way? I feel preaching in this place. I'm here to tell you, you are about to pass your test. Somebody came here tonight, you were about ready to give up, but the devil is alive. You can't come to this Pentecost season and the power of the Holy Ghost won't give you the power to pass the test. So what you gotta do, you gotta turn it over to Jesus. Won't he work it out? He may not come when you want him to come. Tell him that may be a part of the test. You want him to come when you want him to come. But there's one thing I know. He's always on time. Now don't wait till the battle is over. I need somebody. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. He'll give you a test. Then he'll turn around and help you pass the test. Yes. So tonight, I speak victory in your life. In fact, just high five somebody say, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Testing is only a test. Is there anybody, is there anybody you're glad about it? Yes, I'm so glad I got power tonight. Power over any test. Devil, you better back off. I got power, power in the Holy Ghost. Won't it give you victory? Won't it give you victory? Yeah, he went. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Dominion. Through your test. Tell somebody you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And what I love about God, he assigned some angels to all of us. Some of y'all don't even know you got 24-7 security. You were driving here tonight. Some of you just missed an accident. But it wasn't really an accident because the angel that was assigned to you said, not yet. You ain't killing them yet. You ain't killing her yet. So tonight I speak it in your life. Look at somebody, tell them I got me some angels watching over me.
at somebody else, tell them I got some angels watching over me. Watching over me, he's always there through seen and unseen. Watching over me, when I walk through the valley, feeling all alone. Watching over me, he's my protection. Through him, I am strong. Watching over me. Got me an angel watching over me. Got me an angel watching over me. Everywhere I go, he's right by my side watching over me. He's my comfort, he's my God, watching over me. I am a witness, he never let me down, watching over me. That's why I sing praises, got to lift him high. Call me an angel. Watching over Got me an angel Yes I do Watching over Got me an angel Watching over me Got me an angel Watching over All day, all night, all day, all night, all day, all night. Put those hands together, give him some praise. Watching over. Watching over, walking through the valley, watching over, through ups, through downs, through good days, through bad days, watching, watching, watching. Over me, 
watching. so many times give me a breakdown in 1998 hurricane in 2005 
cancer attacked my body in 2006, but I'm still standing. You gotta know, softly, softly, you gotta know how important it is to trust God. I look back at the things that I had to go through. Oh Lord, why me? But when God looked at me and He said, Because I can trust you. The question is, Tonight, this time of consecration, we've got to take it to the next level, people of God. In our living, in our giving. We got the best thing in the world when we have Jesus. It's amazing tonight. This time, not even nine o'clock, Beyonce can get on the radio and say, I need everybody to meet me downtown at the arena for midnight. I'm gonna do a concert. And for tonight only, you can get in for $100 and people would be standing all outside. But when it comes to the superstar, Some of us have been with him so long, it doesn't matter anymore. But tonight, let's pass the test of giving. I need you, if you have a $20 seed, I need you to get it out tonight. This is going to be a consecration seed. It's a test. It's a test. Some of you who are rolling your eyes already, you done failed the test. But tonight, I'm telling you, we can do anything we want to do in the kingdom if we realize that God wants to help us to pass the test. I ain't got no gimmicks and games. If you're alive right now, God's been good to you. Some people always want something, you know, how much you think a good pair of eyes costs and you're looking at me right now? How much do you think a good pair of legs costs and you walked in here tonight? God's been good to you. So tonight, testing one, two, three. We're just going to bring a seed and we're going to drop it on the altar. We're going to tell God, Lord, reveal my faith. Strengthen my faith. I speak it tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, this season of blessings for your people now, it's already done. In Jesus' name, amen. If I'm talking to you, come on, come on, let's pass the test. Let's, let's pass the test. Let's pass the test. Let's pass the, oh yes, I see y'all gonna pass the test. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. Be blessed, my friend. Be blessed, my sister. Be blessed, wherever this life leads you. Let me encourage. Let me speak light to you. You can depend on God. Oh God, pass the test. See you through. You can depend. 
to pray for you. Oh, look at somebody. Tell them, be blessed. Be blessed. Hey. Be blessed, my brother. Be blessed, my sister. Be blessed wherever this life leads you. Let me Let me speak life to you. You can't depend on God oh, I, to see you through. You can't depend on me to pray for you. Oh, tell somebody you gotta pray. Hey, pray. I'm gonna keep on praying. Through every test, through every trial, I'm gonna keep on. You gotta pray. Oh, maybe you don't have the 20, but you're going to pass the test. I'm going to bring God something tonight because God's been good to me. You can depend on me. I see you coming. Hey, one more time. Tell somebody, come on and pray. I'm going to keep on praying. You got to pray. gonna keep on praying you gotta pray you can't depend on God to see you through you can't depend on me I'm going to my seat but I need you to prophesy to your neighbor because they're about to pass this test. And this is what I want you to tell them, tell them. praying for something right now maybe there's somebody that's praying for deliverance come on to the altar maybe there's somebody that's praying for a loved one come on to the altar 